0: It is the Matt Mosley Show, uh, ESPN Central Texas. Nikki Collin with her weekly appearance, and we look forward to these things, especially when we're we're going dancing when March Madness hits. Now, Nikki, before we talk about your bracket and and where y'all ended up and everything, remind where was your what was your first tournament experience like as a player, and do you can you kind of remember? Um, what the was there some pomp and circumstance was there a little gathering that you had? was there any kind of uh, was there any kind of rollout or announcement attached to all this what because um, you and I are about the same age so this would yeah, have been well, in the I'm 90s. A, I'm
1: a, yeah I'm gonna be real honest. it was pretty impressive because um, <laughs> my freshman year at Purdue we were the number one seed in the West and um, the men, Glenn, Big Dog, Robinson, the men also got the number one seed. And so I remember, you know, back then the announcements were at different times, but our men were playing on that Sunday. Uh, my freshman year, there was, was the the last year that there was no conference tournament. So that was 1994. Um, and there were, there was no big 10 tournament. So the men were playing on that final day. So, We had seen the bracket just in the locker room, and then they announced it at halftime of the men's game at a sellout that we were the number one seed in the West. So it was a pretty impressive time um, with Purdue Athletics, with, you know, uh, I almost said Corliss Williamson, but um, (laughs) yeah, he was at Arkansas. But um, Conville Martin and... uh, and Glenn Robinson were the two best players on that Purdue men's team and we went all the way to the final four that year so pretty pretty big year for uh, Purdue basketball.
0: Did you ever uh cross paths with with uh with with coach Katie? Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: No, he uh he he was um you know, Coach Katie was actually one of those people that looks really, really mean, and is, is almost like a big <laughs> teddy bear. So, um, you know, he just always had that that look. But no, they had a they had a really great staff, um, and uh, so we were all pretty close. In fact, they used to do this um, shooting drill. Um, they do a free throw drill where it was like a competition free throw drill, and the guys could like yell and scream anything and everything, Adam, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, there, there was a time or two when women's names would come out, you know, in, in, in that, that drill as well. So, you know, Coach Katie was great. He, um, um, it just, I don't know, it was just different. There were no practice facilities back then. So, you know, you were always in front or behind them, you know, so you were just always, always around them.
0: Yeah, I uh, – that, that's really funny. I was just – Gene Cady is just, you know, such a legend, 86 years old now. And what I didn't realize is I just remember all those Purdue years, um, 25 years there. What what What's kind of surprising is that he didn't stop there. We always think, you know, once they're finished at like a huge school like that and he had a great run, and then you think of Bob Knight, Gene Cady, that whole Big Ten group, um, He went on to become an assistant for a year or two with the Toronto Raptors. I do not remember that, but uh, that's just interesting. I actually don't remember
1: that either. Now, I will say, you know, Bruce Weber was was an assistant on that staff. Bruce Weber, Jay Price, um, some guys that went on to be a part of the the Big 12. Obviously, Bruce Weber for a long time. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, and and Matt Painter had just graduated um, before I got there, so... He's a little bit older than me, um, but, you know, they, they pretty much kept that, that job in the family over the years. Yeah,
0: and, and that is interesting. Some places do that, um, UNC, Duke. I mean, there are some kind of uh, almost teams and in, in universities where they almost don't believe that someone from outside can do it. You know, it's like you've got to, you've got to make a higher – uh, you know, a, a an internal person, and that is kind of an interesting thing. Talking to Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. The Bears headed to stores have a Saturday matchup, Saturday afternoon with Alabama, and uh, I, I I liked watching your uh, uh, reaction. And you know, given some of the projections, I think uh, I think you It seems like you're fairly happy. With uh, with, with where you ended up, not that you don't have complete respect for Alabama, but there, there are. Uh, I mean, this this is a doable. Um, this is a doable situation, and and I think uh, I think you all are going to perform really well. What was your just kind of initial take when you saw where you came down?
1: You know, it's kind of um, it's kind of crazy. Like you know you're in, but you still have the nerves of um, you know. Coaches like to, to have control to some degree uh-huh. and, and I think human humans do obviously. And I think that um you're you're not nervous and then all of a sudden the brackets start popping up and you're just like anticipating, okay, is this the uh, eight nine matchup we're in? Is this the uh, you know, will the committee find a way to put us across from LSU somehow and manipulate the seed to to find a way. Like you, you kind of get in those like um and so I, I, I was uh, appreciative of the respect the committee showed, you know, in terms of our net and our our big wins, and um, so I mean, I, I when all when you lay it all out, I, I I think we probably the seven line was was really fair. Um, you know, obviously a lot of people are going to argue that that Connecticut should have been the fourth number one, and, and that that can all be debated. I mean, um, you know, but it's um, it's a little bit like last year where. You know, we were that kind of fifth number one had we won the Texas game. People had us on the one line, but either way, it was going to be us one and Louisville two or or Louisville one and us two. And so, um, you know, I have a ton of respect for Alabama. I've known Christy Curry for years and years, talking about going back to even Purdue days um, and her being there. And, and, um, you know, their system-wise, they're actually really different. And they've sometimes been because, you know, they got a lot of transfers in this, this past off season. And, and so six in the nation and three goal percentage, like uh, they can really, really shoot the basketball. So um, probably most similar to Oklahoma state in our league, which, you know, is obviously scary since they swept us, but um, yeah, I mean, a, a formidable opponent, but um, certainly a game that we feel like if we play well, um, we've got a shot to win and, and, and you know, like you, you, take your best shot when you're the underdog.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I, I think, uh, I think y'all got a great shot. And then, of course, it'll be uh, if you if you move on from there, we'll be talking about a large crowd. And and I was just thinking, I was with y'all in, in uh, at that uh, the Big Twelve Championships there in in uh, Kansas City, and y'all function. We've talked about it. You function extremely well in front of big crowds. I, I you know, I got to say, for one. Uh, how impressed I was with the Iowa State fandom to be overlapping with the men across town. And we kind of know over the years how most fan bases would handle that situation. And yet there was, it's not like there was, oh, wait, where'd all the Iowa State fans go? They were there from the jump and then some came over and um, it's, it's hard not to admire that environment. But I got to say, I mean, again, like y'all have a lot this season uh, see y'all seemed to almost feed off of it. And, and the Bears had a nice little crowd over there as well behind the bench. But for the most part, I mean, that game, as we talked about right after the game, uh, Nikki, that, that thing hinged on the last three minutes. Before that, it was a slugfest uh, back and forth. There were some beautiful moments. I mean, as far as the passing is concerned, the shot making in that game. So I, 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 my, my sense of listening to you after that game was that while you were frustrated with how it ended... And the execution down the stretch, the overall takeaways were, hey, we can do. You know, we 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 showed pretty well out there. Is that kind of how you? You know, once you watch the film and have reflected on it, is that still kind of how you feel?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, you know, four minutes and five seconds, and Bill Bill calls the timeout, and and you know, we put a bit of a pick and roll clinic on there for a while, um, shot a lot of layups, you know, and I, and I think. Uh, kind of executed the game plan and what we wanted. We just, we really wanted, you know, good pace sideline to sideline in, in our offense and for the ball not to stick. And, and then, you know, they, they, they scored coming out of their timeout. And, um, you know, Sarah tried for the home run in transition, um, with the pull up three. And, and I, I just think that, you know, we're in the bonus. If she plays downhill there and picks up a foul, um, you know, you keep, you keep the game right there. Um, you know, and so it just got away from us quickly. And it was, you know, I, I said it afterwards, you know, like it was just them doing a better job of doing what they do and what they do well than us. You know, we we suddenly took three pull-up jump shots in a row off the dribble when that's just not what um, – Jayden had made a pull-up early in the game. Um, it's not like Sarah's not capable or Jamie's not capable. But what had gotten us to the point where we were at was really attacking, getting paint touches, hitting rollers, um, you know, and and getting to the foul line. And then, you know, we kind of went and took jump shots. And so we just have to understand who we are, you know. And and I think when you have a team like Iowa State, you've got, um, you know, even Donarski and Ryan, I know they're juniors, but they've started every game of their careers. And so it's three-year starters. And as as much as they've played, like, they they know – Uh, Ryan knows I'm going to get the ball to the paint. And if I can find Ashley Jones open, I'm going to, and, you know, I I think those two players down the stretch were the difference makers for them, you know, and Ryan got, got her the ball and, and Jones made the shots. And so, um, you know, I I was happy to see, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure a lot of coaches admit these things, but I was just, I was, I was unhappy that we didn't win a championship. I was unhappy because I felt like we had a chance to beat them and we saw what Iowa State went on to do the rest of the tournament. Um, you know, but I was I was happy for Bill Fenley, for them to get their first championship since two thousand and one. As good as he's been, for as long as he's been, um, I was genuinely happy for he and his staff and, and his team and and so I mean, I, I would I would have been happy to trade places with them and, and that'll always be the goal but you know,
0: happy to happy to see that for him. Yeah, obviously you all've uh, uh, known each other for a long time. I would say that, um, and and you see these things playing out. Although you're focused on the 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 uh, some of the other, there were some interesting calls in that game, and there was one official in particular that you and Bill both, I think, had some. You just kind of, uh, I don't want to get you yeah, in trouble happens.
1: here. It's okay, you can say it. I won't say his last name, but it was Kevin. Yeah. Well, you know, we sent in – I think we sent in, like, five clips where they were in the lane between 6 and 15 seconds. So uh, my hang-up was some of those late baskets. um, And people don't understand the implication of this. Like, So it's not that the player in the lane was the one that scored. But when you have a player – in the lane that long, and you go to help on dribble penetration, and you're helping off that player, and then someone else has to go help in the lane because she's in the lane. Now they kick it out for three. Um, you know, like that player is not nearly as dangerous if she's not in the lane um, and allows you a shorter distance to recover. So it, it had a, they had a couple of late clock threes that they hit where she had lived in the lane the entire dribble penetration. And so that was my hang-up. It wasn't like there are times when you get – I'm sure people always wanted Baylor to get three seconds when Kalani Brown was here, you know, because you can't guard her uh, for more than three seconds in the lane, like just physically. But, you know, this wasn't just like – and I think that's part of why they miss it, because they'll tell you, like, well, I'm the primary, and then it moves, and then the ball moves. It's not the person that they're looking at because she's not the person with the ball. She's not the person even posting up. But she's maneuvering in tight spaces and we're being forced to guard her as a result. So, um, yeah, there was... um, We had to narrow down. Uh, We had 20 clips we wanted to send in from that game. We're supposed to send in 10, no more than 10. So that was was a huge challenge for us.
0: Yeah, and... I tell you I like how you stayed with uh, you know Jana's someone's been more of a little bit, a role player for you and she's had an up and down season and you know she she just impacted the game in such a positive way in the first half with her her, her ability to get the entry passes her passing. I, I they only credited her for with like one or two stills. I thought I saw like three or four. She caused several, I guess. Uh, it was knocking the ball out of bounds. She just really, really provided some punch for you off the bench. And I love that you kind of you know, you you realize it's like, wait, we're getting a lot from her. Let's let's leave her out there for a while. And you know what? It didn't like you say, there were probably some things on defense where who you were just mentioning, um, you know had a size advantage and tried to post her up and bully her a little bit. But for the most part, um, I mean, that was kind of exciting to see, I'm sure for you, somebody that had, again, you don't exactly know how many minutes you're going to get from her every night, have that type of game at a in a big moment.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, Janice had an interesting season. I mean, I think it started out with, with her trying to find her way. And I, I know we've talked before about how, you know, when a player has been somewhere and hasn't gotten a lot of minutes, there's like, I me, mean, there's this process of kind of regaining your mojo. Like, you don't just get it back. You don't go from a high school American type kid to sitting on the bench for two straight years to all of a sudden being that high school American again, you know? And and so I think there's this process of finding your way and finding your place and getting your confidence back and then and then she had COVID and missed ten days and then she um broke her nose, getting them extra shots one night in here. Um and um, you know, playing with a mask, I think just kind of that transition wasn't easy for her. Um and and so she has been up and down. She has not shot the ball. She's a she's a very, very, very talented shooter and and she just hasn't put the ball in the basket. You know, she's gotten good looks. Um, haven't seen them go in, but um, I, I do think most of our opponents, um, even though statistically they probably shouldn't guard her from three, they'll do, um, you know, because they kind of know her as a shooter and, you know, you don't want to be the team that she then goes four for four on because you don't guard her. Um, so she's not a no guard kind of uh, player. And um, you know, I just thought the game. She played the game really, really simply. And you know, our game plan was a little different than what we do sometimes. when we always flow into our side ball screen actions, but it was a game we really because of their triangle and two and how they guard Sarah and Jamie and how they guard the other three. That you know, getting the ball moving side to side, we thought we could really break them down and get the easy shots. And so we didn't play as much in like our early drags and step ups, and we just kind of swung the ball and got it moving early in the shot clock. and And I thought she just partially because of how they guarded her, um, they didn't put her under a lot of pressure. Um, you know, and and so that, in course, they they don't they don't do that a lot in general. That's not Bill's philosophy. You know, if you talk philosophy, then if you you take Vic and Bill, they're like opposite. You know, one is pressure deny. In your face. The other is cushion, cushion, keep everybody in front, make you beat them over the top as opposed to um, getting by you. But um, I thought she just played the game really simply. She read the slips. Um, if she went off the bounce, she just made the next pass. If it came back to her, um, like she just she did a really good job of, and there were a couple plays that she didn't even get assists on where she put the ball on the floor to the baseline and got rotation found bugs kind of in the middle of the lane and bugs missed both of those, but they were really simple, but smart plays. And I think that hopefully was, once again, you have these little moments that that are hopefully confidence builders uh, because, because we were probably better when she was on the floor. And I think the tough Mm -hmm. part is you weigh that you said it like two times in a row. She got scored on uh, by Emily Ryan or, or picked up a foul because Emily Ryan was playing downhill and wheeling and dealing on her. And, uh, you know, so there's that, that kind of balance of, okay, at what point do I say, okay, I got, I got to go a different direction because they don't Mm -hmm. do that. You know, when Jaden, when Jaden's guarding her, you know, so there's, and you don't always get that right as a coach, but it's that balance of, of offense and defense and, and momentum and things like that. But I I was really happy for, and, you know, seven assists and no turnovers and a couple of steals and, you know, I told her she'd have had about a perfect game if she'd have just gone one for two on her threes instead of 0 for two.
0: <laughs> Keep her grounded. I like that. Exactly. Uh, t- exactly. <laughs> talking to Nikki Collin, last thing I had for you. Um, Baylor has a you know a fun history with UConn. Uh, UConn is 5-4 all-time against Baylor. I would say that's a lot better than most teams against UConn over the years. A couple of uh, matchups in NCAA tournament including uh, uh Elite Eight thriller back in 2021 and then a Final Four matchup in 2010. Now with Geno and UConn like this week how do you kind of divide that because you want to be ready. Obviously you'd have a at least one day to to look at it. Do you? Well, I don't know if you'll admit this to me. Do you have your staff at least start taking a peek at them in anticipation of that uh, a possible uh, matchup in the second round?
1: Um, okay, so good question. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. The truth of the matter is, we will prepare for Alabama and only Alabama. Um, it's just too important a game, um, uh-huh. and it doesn't matter if we're prepared for. UConn if we don't beat Alabama. So, you know, from a, from a prep perspective, from a practice perspective, um, we'll be focused on, on Alabama and we'll be focused on us. Um, will we have a scout. Yes. Chloe on my staff, Chloe Pavlik was a GA for Gino, um, a few years ago. And so, um, you know, she'll have this scout on UConn and is, is working on that now. So, for sure, we'll be ready. I mean, you're used to in these tournament-like settings, um, you know, having a one-day prep. Shoot, we go to these Thanksgiving tournaments and play three games in three days, and you're prepping via film and a, and a walkthrough at, at most. So, um, you know, we will have one day. But uh, I'm just a big believer in – I don't know if it's karma, but not looking ahead because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like we're in a 116 game. Um, where the the outcome is is usually pretty decided, um, and so we'll definitely be ready for UConn um, on Sunday, um, hopefully. So, you know, but we will definitely just one foot in the fr- in front of the other on on Alabama.
0: All right. Well, the bigger the crowd, the better you will play. So I'm uh, I'm hoping they just kind of sell That's the right. place so out. We
1: play we play <laughs> after UConn, so hopefully that crowd will be in that mode of. We want to stay and see who we're going to play, you know? Yeah. And, and I will say this. I've always thought um, I've played, you know, f- funny, funny story um, when we were at Colorado State and we were in the 8-9 game um, and, and that may have been Gino's best team ever. And I, I know there's some arguments on, on that, but to me, Sue Berg, Diana Taurasi, Tamika Williams. Cash and Asia Jones. I don't think there's been a better UConn team, and that doesn't mean I don't think Stewie might be the best player ever. Or, you know, but um, that team was so good, and we had played Maryland. We were the nine. Maryland was the eighth, and um, we hit 14 threes against Maryland and, and, and upset them. I know Minor upset in that game, and I remember they asked Gino after that game if he was worried about our threes and. He said, well, I promise you one thing. They won't make 14 because we won't even let them shoot 14. So um, (laughs) I don't know what we lost by, like 800 or something like that. Um, But we did hit our first three of the game, and I think that was the last three that we hit. So he was correct. Um, But, you know, I, I still remember our game plan back then was Asia Jones was by far not the weakest link. She had an unbelievable pro career. But as far as that team and their shooting ability, our plan was to, like, not guard her on the perimeter and try to help on everybody else. And she started the game by banking a three in from the top of the key. And that's when you knew, like, we got no chance because if Asia Jones was going to make threes banking in from the top of the key, we got, we got problems. So, um, now, granted, this was like 2000 and, I don't know, 2002 or 2003, some, somewhere in there. So it was. That was a long time ago, but that might have been. But but I remember thinking at the time, like the UConn fans, like they're so used to winning dominantly that they like literally cheer for their opponent sometimes. Like not in a condescending way, but just like, oh my gosh, they made a basket! Yay! You know, and they would like <laughs> clap for them, like golf clap, you know, not like uh-huh. you know. But it was. I'm like, wow, this is like the most polite. Um, and I've gone there even when I was in the W. I've, I've, I've scouted lots of games up at at Gamble, and we played there when we were in the Big East when I was coaching at Louisville. So uh, a lot of experience at Gamble, but uh, unbelievable fan base. And I just hope I just hope our our players um, earn earn the opportunity to uh, match up with them on Monday night. But we're going to try to take care of business first.
0: Well, we'll be watching. And um and I know uh a lot of folks are gonna be heading up that direction, so uh that'll be it's gonna be exciting and um I did look up the score. I don't I'm not gonna say it uh on air, but uh yeah, two thousand I think it was about two thousand and one. But uh I think mainly um you Nick, you just blame that on the head coach, right, at Colorado State.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, no, that was all true. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh all right well hey appreciate the time always fun and uh, it was great seeing you in kansas city and uh we will uh we'll see you soon and good luck in the tournament
1: thanks matt appreciate you
0: You bet nikki collin baylor women's coach as the bears head off to stores connecticut hopefully they take care of alabama on saturday and then on uh on uh, monday they would have that matchup with Yukon, uh, mighty UConn, uh, in front of a big crowd there. And we'll keep you posted on all of the action for uh, the Baylor women uh, moving forward. All right, we'll get back into the men's bracket now and uh, tell you kind of how how Baylor's region is looking, and then uh, Dr. Brackets may stop by with uh, to share some information on other parts uh, of your bracket. We'll do that next.